0: hello and welcome to locked on Cardinals for Friday November the 5th happy Friday everybody I am Lucas Smith host of the show at LJ fastball on Twitter and if you're watching on YouTube you can see that right there at the bottom uh, left of your screen uh, at LJ fastball and hosting the show for over a year and a half now, so much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in each and every day today. If you'll notice, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing a Mizzou shirt as Mizzou is playing Georgia tomorrow, I am a University of Missouri student. So head over to Locked On Mizzou after you're done listening here to uh, John Miller talks about Connor Baselock being out. Uh, but let's get to the Cardinal content today on today's episode. We're going to be talking about the Cardinal infield, breaking down that the starting four. Uh, five in addition to Yadier Molina and then to end the show we'll be talking about a comparison a little bit between Yadier Molina and Buster Posey starting to start that conversation trying to get Ben Kaspik unlocked on Giants over as well so we can have that conversation together as Buster Posey did officially announce his retirement from Major League Baseball uh, so that's, it's. Oh, I think it's always been an inter- an interesting conversation to have, Buster Posey versus Yadier Molina. So we'll kind of start that conversation to end today's show. Uh, we are brought to you today in part by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms today. But we're going to go ahead and get right into the action, talking about this Cardinal infield. And we're going to start the conversation by looking at the league leaders in certain categories and seeing what Cardinal infielders are in those league leading categories for 2021. Wins above replacement. Paul Goldschmidt is at 6.3, and that is good for 7th in the National League and 5th in the National League when you're just looking at um, position players. Um, And we're going to see a lot of Paul Goldschmidt. Um and Nolan Arnato on these lists, uh, offensive WAR he's 5.3, defensive WAR you got a couple of Cardinals in there, uh, Yadier Molina at 1.5, Her, uh, excuse me, Harrison Bader's now We just won't talk about him. But Edmundo Sosa comes in at 1.5 as well. So Yadier Molina and Edmundo Sosa, according to Baseball Reference, have the same defensive WAR which I found very interesting. You look at batting average, Paul Goldschmidt leading the team with a two ninety four clip. That is 10th in the National League. You move on to, to some more offensive categories. What I found very interesting, uh, you had three Cardinals, all infielders, in the top 10 in terms of games played among the National League. Tommy Ebbin playing 159, Paul Goldschmidt playing 158, and Nolan Arenado playing 157. I think especially when you're looking at position players, you have to look at games played because you have to look at durability. You look at the top two spots, Dan D. Swanson and Austin Riley, both playing 160 games, both part of a World Series championship team in the Atlanta Braves. Freddie Freeman also on that list at 159. Ozzie Albis on that list at 156 in terms of the top 10. So you have World Series championship caliber infields all over that list. I think it's important to have guys that can play each and every day. And I think for the most part, you had guys in the Cardinal infield that were able to stay healthy. And staying healthy takes a little bit of luck, but also takes a lot of skill and hard work. And I think Tommy Eben, Paul Goldschmidt, and Arenado were able to exemplify that. Tommy Eben also leads the National League, or led the National League for 2021 with the most at-bats. You play the most games, you tend to get the most at-bats. Tommy Eben having 641 at-bats, Paul Goldschmidt 603 for three uh, for number three on the list, Nolan Arnado, 593, number six in the National League. So again, the more games you play, the more at bats you get, the more chances you have to help your team. Freddie Freeman also leading the league in plate appearances at 695. Paul Goldschmidt, fourth place, 679, and Nolan Arnado tied for seventh with Danzy Swanson at 653. Paul Goldschmidt fifth in the league in runs scored 102. Paul Goldschmidt, Fourth in the league in hits with 177. Paul Goldschmidt, or excuse me, Tommy Edmond, is seventh on that list with 168. Paul Goldschmidt third on in the league with 310 total bases. Nolan Arenado coming in at eighth with 293. And I was really hoping that Tommy Tubbs is going to be able to, to edge out Bryce Harper towards the end of the season for the most doubles. However, it did not come to be as Tommy Edmond finishes with 41 doubles, still very respectable. Second in the National League, uh, the whole doubles. Paul Goldschmidt tied for fifth with 36. Nolan Arenado tied for eighth with 34. You had Mundo Sosa tenth in the league in triples, and f- with four. And Mundo Sosa, yes, you heard that right. He was tenth in the league with four triples, despite Sosa only playing uh, in a crisp uh 113 games excuse me just 113 games four triples that is impressive as well as Edmundo Sosa ended up being the injury replacement for DeYoung and then ended up being the full-time replacement even once DeYoung came back so you the, the point stands I won't go too much more into numbers outside of home runs Nolan Arenado tied for 7th in the league with 34 O'Neal is an outfielder as well with 34 Nolan with 105 RBIs and Paul Goldschmidt with 99 RBIs and I'll I'll digress from the stat reading there but it just goes to show that the, the corners of this infield were the staples and the foundation of this infield. The grade that I'll give them in segment two, uh, when I say them, I mean the, the infield in general, is widely based on the solid, if not really incredible, performances from Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. I think, you know, when I talked with Paul Holden uh, over two episodes of the last week, talking about Nolan Arenado, were there things that you would have liked to see Nolan do a little bit more? Is there things that he wanted to see done a little bit more? Maybe at a little bit of a higher average, come through a little bit more? Yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, when you have Nolan, Otto, Nolan Arenado as your third baseman, not going to complain too much. And Nolan did his thing, hitting 30 bombs, driving in 100 runs. Goldschmidt was one RBI away from 100 runs. Tommy Edman tops in the league in plate appearances at bats. That's what you want from a leadoff position and second in the league in doubles. Could Edmund work on his on-base percentage? Yes, everything can be improved upon. But the cornerstones of this infield are first and third base. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnado. And I don't think that there really is a lot of question or a lot of debate to be had about that fact. These two gentlemen had a very, very fine 2021 season. Especially when you look at Paul Goldschmidt in the months of August and September. Really turned things on. In addition to just about every other outfielder or every other player, excuse me, as you look at the 17-game winning streak uh, in the month of September. But I think that without Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado being healthy and being who they were for most of, if not all of the season, you wonder where this infield would have been. Because as I mentioned, I don't think that Edmund and Sosa were extreme disappointments by any stretch of the imagination, but you do have a lot of question marks behind Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan you have, a, At least I have a lot of question marks about Paul DeYoung, uh, Edmundo Sosa is he long-term or was he just a 2021 fit, Tommy Edmund is he a full-time second baseman. Yes, he's a Gold Glove Award winner. He did find things, but let's see it for more than a season now. Uh, he had it down 2020 after a really good 2019. Can you put it together for consecutive seasons in 21 and 22? And then you have the question of the depth behind them, because you had Matt Carpenter fill the depth, the bench role a little bit uh, for most of the season. You had Max Moroff be, fill in the bench role, uh, but but you really had s- some struggles filling in the, the, the bench roles behind uh, Mr. Uh, Nolan Arenado and Mr. Paul Goldschmidt. You, you you just you didn't have a lot of depth behind them. You didn't really feel you could give Paul Goldschmidt a day off because you just felt the the drop would have been too uh, significant in terms of, of the infielders' roles. You had John Nagowski at the beginning of the season that you had up there with you, uh, but again, obviously, since he's not on the team now, we all know how that ended up. So Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt were the two main positives pretty much overall their entire seasons for this infield. Because I think with both Edmundo Sosa and Tommy Edmund, you could pick out positives, you could pick out good things, but you can also see where they need to improve or you can also put on question marks because of the lack of overall success that they've had in terms of a long-term successful season. But I will give a lot of credit to Edmundo Sosa who stepped into that bench role or stepped into that starter's role after being a bench player and really not getting a whole lot of at-bats in the first month of the season. He stepped into to his role and performed quite nicely. 271 batting average, 346 on base, 389 slugging. You'd like to see that go up a little bit more. But he had eight doubles, four triples, and six home runs. OPS plus of 106, 100 being the average there for the OPS plus. Very solid, especially when you consider the type of season – Paul DeYoung had in limited time. He also only played 113 games this season. His batting average was 197, on base of 284, slugging of 390, and an OPS Plus of 86. His OPS Plus has been going on a downward trend since his rookie year in 2017. Yes, he had a 30 home run campaign in 2019, but most of the numbers have been going down steadily since his uh, second-place Rookie of the Year season in 2017, and with Tommy Evans, as I mentioned, you give him credit for the 41 doubles that he had to, to be second in the National League. That's very impressive. But also, you'd like to see the on-base percentage of 308 be a lot higher from the leadoff position. And this is somebody who had a 350 on-base percentage two seasons ago. He had a 317 on-base percentage in the shortened, excuse me, in the shortened 2020 season. Um, but you still would want to see some improvements from Tommy Yemen. But I'll get into a little bit more of the negatives in segment number two, or at least some of the, the question marks that I have. But the positives are there for all four out, for all four infielders. Excuse me. Um, and when, when you look at Yadier Molina, he had a really nice start to his campaign. Um, and I think that that gets lost sometimes. Uh, you look at the final numbers, the, the final numbers, kind of kind of are at they are at this point He had 11 home runs a 252 batting average an on base of 297 slugged 370 uh, OPS of 667 so not not super high there as well all of those well below his career norms his career batting average is 280 career on base 330 career slugging 402 and his career OPS plus is 97 so all well below his career norms uh, but I think that for for Molina it's a lot more defensively and a lot more of the uh, intangibles that he brings. But we'll talk about Yadi a little bit more in segment three when we compare him and Posey and have that discussion as to who is the better catcher of their generation. But to, to finish up the positives, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, I, I, I think that we can we cannot lose sight of the fact that these were acquisitions that this runoff office made that worked out. Nolan is at least going to give the Cardinals two years. He's not opting out after this season. That is, He, he made that official before the season even ended. And they signed Paul Goldsmith to a long-term deal. Are they on the older side? Yes, but these are two all-star Hall of Fame track players that you have locked up for five, six, seven seasons. That's a win, and they've been a win their first, their first season together was a win, uh, at least in terms of individual statistics, in my opinion, overall. And Paul Goldsmith has seen postseason play in three consecutive seasons. You gotta look at at the positives. In a world that you could find so many negatives, I think it's important to look at the positives. So that's why I always start with the positives first. However, we will be talking about uh, the... Some of the letdown of the infield coming up here in segment number two, looking at their uh, comparisons to the rest of the league, uh, looking at that infield stats, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Before we talk about some of the negatives, I want to talk about something very positive, very fulfilling in my life, and that is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the business. You heard it right. And with Thanksgiving coming around, we're going to have all the good food and treats uh, for Thanksgiving. But maybe you want a yummy dessert but isn't so full of calories and sugar. I've got an option for you. It's the perfect time for this built bar. Built bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories on the low end, but built bars are only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and plenty of protein. Replace a coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. Go for a raspberry built bar. Instead of that raspberry pie, lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. Covered 100% in real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, Go for a built bar or two ahead of time. Share some at your family gatherings; it will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet, so you can ask her about built bars and have a conversation about that instead of other awkward Thanksgiving topics. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a built bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises, so stay tuned for that. But right now, the offer is at built.com for a. 15% discount by using the promo code LOCKED15, one 15 gets you 15% off at Built.com, so order today. let's talk about some of the negatives about this infield and we're gonna these are overall cardinal batters as infielders according to stathead.com baseball that did, did the split tool there um, let's just go ahead and look at overall numbers cardinal infielders this season batting average 249 that was 10th in the national League you you say batting average doesn't mean as much as it used to great on base percentage 316 that was 12th in the national League slugging 414 that was 10th in the national League. OPS, which is on-base plus sugging 7.30. That was 10th in the National League. Total OPS plus, 1.01. That was good for 13th in the National League. Let's look at some of these individual uh, power numbers. Doubles, 151. infielders hit. Doubles for the St. Louis Cardinals. That was ninth in the National League. Triples. They were actually pretty up there. 14. Fit in the National League. Home runs. Back down to 11th with 109. Runs driven in. Runs batted in, I should say. 399. Good for ninth in the National League. They were 3rd among infielders. Were stolen bases with 48. Tommy Edmund had a lot to do with that. Uh, that was 3rd in the National League. When you look at walks, they drop all the way down to 14th with 263. Strikeouts. Pretty solid, just 640. That is 13th in the National League. 13th fewest, I should say. Um, Two below them were Pittsburgh and San Diego with 623, 622. Chicago was tops with 866. So most of those numbers, outside of triples and, and strikeouts, were on the wrong end of the spectrum. Because as a group, collectively, I think that this 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 infield has room for improvement. And I talked about that a little bit at the end of segment one. I want to see Edmundo Sosa develop maybe just a tad more power. I'm not saying he has to be a 25 home run guy like Paul DeYoung might be, or 20 to 25 home run guy like Paul DeYoung might be. But I'd like to see a little bit more power. And for Tommy Emin, I want to see a little bit more on base, especially if Ali Marmol is going to roll with him as a leadoff man. I think that even if Tommy Edmund is not your leadoff hitter, you would really, at least I would really like to see him produce a little bit more on base. Draw a few more walks here and there, because that can be a table setter. Let's say you want to throw Harrison Bader at the top or Dylan Carlson at the top and go Edmund as your two-hitter um, for the, the possibility of, of the, your two-hitter throwing down a bun move Goldschmidt down to third or have your second-place second hitter provide a little bit more options a hit and run, more of a line drive guy rather than a masher like Goldschmidt. You're still going to want somebody that can set the table and draw walks. Because when you look at overall collectively, as I mentioned, these numbers as an infield collectively sink down. They were just above average if at average for most of those categories that I just mentioned. Outside of Paul Goldschmidt Nolan Arenado, I would argue this is an average infield. This is, for my money, top three infields in all baseball, and you're looking at just the corners. Corner pairings, top three in all of baseball. You could argue top five. That's an interesting discussion to have at a later point as well. But And not that you need, you know, second baseman shortstop, Tommy Edmund and mundo Sosa are so bad and, and weigh the infield down. But it is important to notice that most of those league leaders that I mentioned at the top of the first segment were infielders such as Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato Tommy Edmond snuck his way into a couple of those. Don't get me wrong. Edmund had a fine season. Just, you know, we're trying... Just trying to look at where we can improve or where, where the Cardinals can improve here and there as we go to look ahead to the 2022 season. These infielders, I think, made some improvements overall. I think we, we saw some good growth from Amundo Sosa, especially as I mentioned, because he barely played the first month, started getting regular playing time, and started to produce overall. And I understand that it, it's could be unfair to expect everybody to produce at a Nolan Aranato or Paul Goldschmidt type level. But at the same time, it's it's, it's understandable to expect to, to produce more than you did the season before, especially if there is room for growth. And so-so there is room for growth. And all that said, that there is a huge positive here that Yadier Molina, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmund, and Nolan Aranato are all finalists for the Gold Glove. That's a lot of gold on this infield. That's a positive I really didn't talk about a lot in the first segment, and I apologize for it. I'll talk about it now. This infield is full, full of gold. Even if it's just nominations, this infield is going to be full of gold. But I think they have a chance to win three, if not all four, gold gloves this year. At least two. I would consider Nolan Arenado your lock. Paul Goldschmidt has a pretty solid pick at first base. Edmunds got a shot, and Molina is Yadier Molina. Pedigree alone. Cardinals have a real shot at getting four for four, at least in the infield. Realistically, probably two. That's a positive that this infield brings that not a lot of infields in all of baseball can bring. In all of baseball, I said. That's right. You heard that right. This infield, defensively speaking, is does some things that a lot of infields across the league cannot do. Offensively, especially up the middle, there's some room for desire. That's why I think it's understandable... For somebody to say, for me to say, the Cardinals should go after a free agent shortstop, a Corey Seager, Carlos Correa even. Uh, Trevor Story might be the most uh, beneficial in terms of, of price, the most inexpensive option out there on the market, and still produce. Understandable to me why a lot of people are saying that the Cardinals would be in the shortstop market. There was a report I saw the other day that the Cardinals might be one of nine teams, I think, in the running for Trevor Story. Um... You know, a lot, lot of speculation at this point. So I don't read too much into uh, most things, but things you read on on Twitter and social media, and you hear. So, uh, but the the offense, I think, is the biggest thing I want to see improved upon, especially up the middle. If Tommy Edmund goes out there and hits 41 doubles again and is tops in the or close to tops in the league, that's great. I'm not complaining too much, and not trying to be too much of a Debbie Downer. After what was a successful season, when you take into account where they were in June. Because Edmund went through a string of games, a string of weeks of games, where especially from the left side, it looked like all he could do was roll over to second base or first base, and that was it. Or the right side of the infield, depending on what uh, shift they had on Mr. Edmund. And then there were times where it looks like all he could do was just plug the gap and run for days. And again, that, that's just a part of the season. But when I look at the grade I want to give this infield, of how they perform in 2021, I look at all the factors. I look at how good two of them were for almost the entire year. 162 is a long time, so slumps will happen. But I look at how good and how well Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnott are produced this season. So that's taken into account. I look into how I want the the infield to improve for next season. I look at where they were as a collective whole in an infield, starting for and bench players that I mentioned a little bit, lack thereof bench players, I should say, and their lack of production. I look at all that. And when I look at that, I really, really, I think when, when I look at Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, I want to give them a, a lot better of a grade than, than they deserve. And then when I take you know take a harder look at, ooh, maybe this infield wasn't as great as we all think it was. But because of all that, I gave the starting pitching a B. I'm gonna give the in, the infield a B as well. I have a struggle between B and B plus, but I'm gonna go B as well because of the collective stats as a whole don't really match up with the rest of the infield that I talked about in segment number two. Individually, really solid seasons. But it, it, the the significant drop-off between no, uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, to me, brings this infield down a little bit. But what brings it really high up is the amount of defense they bring. Uh, but again, just looking at the numbers that, that, I, that I shared at the beginning of this segment and how they compare to the rest of the league really leads me to just go with a solid B. Uh, I probably... You, you you could make a very very good argument for a b plus when you count defense uh but, but I, i'm i'm going with, with a b for the infield if you disagree let me know in the youtube comment section uh, reply to this to a tweet that you see d m at l j fastball d m at l o underscore cardinals on twitter or instagram uh, email the show locked on cards at gmail dot com let me know let me know if you agree disagree'd i love to have a conversation uh, but so far two b's for for my reviews starting pitching and uh, the, the infield. We'll get to the outfield on, on the next show. But that's going to kind of do it for the infield review. After a quick break, I want to talk about Yadier Molina and Buster Posey. Buster Posey announcing his retirement from Major League Baseball at the age of 34. and It's, it's, it's always been an interesting discussion to me, looking at uh, Yadier Molina versus Buster Posey, two well-decorated catchers, two arguable Hall of Fame catchers. Um, it's always been an interesting conversation considering they played at the exact same time, uh, at least they overlapped at the exact same time. So we'll take a quick break, talk about BetOnline.ag, and then we will get into the conversation surrounding Buster Posey and Yadier Molina. But BetOnline is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and it is November, so basketball season is ready to get rockin' and rollin'. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all football and basketball action this season. Head over to that new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your welcome bonus, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports, and it is where the game starts. Yadier Molina and Buster Posey. I went through a a comparison tool, again, that I'll get into in just a moment. But Buster Posey is going to end his 12-year career, uh, rookie year 2009, only played seven games. 2010, played 108 games. uh, And then... Won the World Series that year, 2011, got hurt. That's where we have the, the slide rule. Uh, and then went on to a very fine career from 2012 to 2017, never playing less than 140 games. Played 108 in 2018, 114 in 19, opted out of last season, and won 113 games this most recent season. Rookie of the Year, as I mentioned, in 2010, most valuable player in 2012, was an All-Star in 2021, as well as 2000. Uh, 18 17 16 15 uh, so a lot of a lot of accolades as i mentioned um, and, and just a, a very solid career for uh, buster posey his best year being that mvp year in my opinion in 2012 336 the average uh, he had 24 home runs drove in 103 rbi Um, When you look at the comparison, when I did this comparison, I compared it from 2009 to 2021. So a couple of things to keep in mind here when I go through these number of stats um, that, that might benefit Posey in the comparison. Posey, as I mentioned, in 2009 only played seven games. In 2011, played just 45 games and did not play in 2020. To compare, Yadier Molina in 2009 played 140 games. In 2011, played 139 games and had his best season of his career, in my humble opinion, at least top three. And then in 2020, he had 42 extra games played. So when you compare the two, from 2009 to 2021, Yadier Molina played 1,617 games. Buster Posey 1,371 games. So 1617 compared to 1371. Let's take a look at the other numbers. Buster Posey, 158 home runs. Yadier Molina, 142 home runs. 729 RBIs for Posey. 789 for yadi 285, the batting average in that time for Molina. 302, the batting average for Buster Posey. 460, the slugging for Posey. Um, excuse me, 460, the slugging for Posey. 414, the slugging for Yadier Molina. OPS Plus for Molina, 103. And OPS Plus for Posey, 129. So those numbers really do point towards a more successful season or more successful uh, groups of seasons career for Buster Posey. One stat that I that, that gets brought up a lot with Yadier Molina that I really do um, want to, 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 to bring up is the caught stealing percentage. Because it, it is 100% worth noting because their positions as a catcher, that is a huge percentage. Um, huge portion of their job is to, is to cut down the running game. And when you look at Yadier Molina's gen, um, general fielding, standard fielding, excuse me, on BaseballReference.com, which I agree with with my pal Sully from Lockdown MLB, one of the greatest websites uh, ever created. Um, my computer's kind of wig, wigging out here. Caught sling percentage for Yadier Molina's career sits at 40% across 18 seasons as a catcher. For Buster Posey, as I get it, everything reset here on my computer. Apologies for this. His scott stealing percentage, 33%. So Molina threw out a lot more percentage of his runners. Um, Leaving the league in 2014 at a 48% clip. 2010 at a 49% clip. 2007 at a 54% clip. And 2005 at a 64% clip. Molina gunning runners down with the best of them that season. Yadier Molina has a cannon of an arm. And though the defensive metrics might have been less kind to him in recent years, he... He always will have that cannon of an arm behind the dish. Um, so it's an interesting comparison. Offensively, I think you do have to give the, the edge to Buster Posey. You also have to give a slight edge to Buster Posey when you look at um, throwing the baseball back into Jake Peavy's glove without Jake Peavy looking. <laughs> I saw a tweet yesterday or the day before that said that might be Buster Posey's greatest accomplishment, uh, which I thought was kind of kind of funny. But you also look at Posey winning three World Series championship rings. World Series rings or championship rings, I don't think, are, are as valued when you're looking at player greatness as much in baseball versus other sports. For example, when you're looking at the MJ LeBron debate, what is always, every time, without fail, brought up in that conversation? Rings. Every time, without fail. You don't always talk about that. you don't always see that discussed with major league baseball players. You just don't. Um, so I think that that's kind of an interesting thing to, to look at here. Um, but it is also worth noting that Posey did win three rings with the san francisco giants 2010 2012 and 2014 and was a key player in those world series championship rings just little things to keep in mind just little things to keep in mind interesting discussion that will continue throughout the coming weeks here on locked on cardinals hitting hitting on it every once in a while next episode i uh, will be breaking down the um, the outfield of harrison bader dylan carlson tyler o'neill when they're at their best spoiler alert I think they're one of the best outfields in all of baseball. They were not at their best for the entirety of 2021. So what's the grade? Tune back uh, in for the next episode of Locked on Cardinals. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit that bell. to be notified when the next episode goes live. Um, and follow the show on your favorite podcasting platform. Leave a rating. Leave a comment. Follow me on all the social media accounts that I mentioned. Twitter at Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at email.com. And until I talk to you guys the next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.